It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. Here we go. Week number nine in the National Football League on the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, you get a 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. He, of course, is our expert, Evan Silva from Rotoworld, at Evan Silva on Twitter. I'm Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman, at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook is... Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. By the way, two things before I forget. Number one, we got gear for you for the first time. I'm looking at, I got a sticker on my laptop. I got a Ross Tucker football podcast logo sticker on my laptop, which is awesome. The only issue is, you know, when I go to airports now, it's going to be the paparazzi, all the fans. It'll be tough, but I'll be able to fight through it, I think. Uh, And... We also are giving away another Madden code or hard copy this week. Just rate and review the five shows we have for you over at RossTucker.com and send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. Screenshots, you're eligible to win the free Madden this week. Speaking of free, Evan, let's get to the Niners and the Raiders. I don't know why I said speaking of free other than the game is not on pay TV, I guess. Raiders, Niners, what do you got? <clears throat> I mean, are we going to get Nick Mullins? We might get Nick Mullins starting for the 49ers in this game. Um, it's kind of a, a difficult game to talk about because we have so many questions, especially on San Francisco's side. Matt, Matt Breida will, of course, gut it out again, I'm sure, um, playing on a, on a high ankle sprain that he has already aggravated. Um Raheem Mostert was not seen from last week, uh, seeing you know, b- barely seen from. I think he must have suffered an ankle injury because he popped up on the injury report this week with an ankle injury. It's just, you know, it's a really good matchup for the 49ers backfield, but they may be playing with a second-year undrafted free agent in Nick Mullins who has never set foot uh, in an NFL regular season game. Um, Nick Mullins was, he did have pretty good numbers his final two seasons at Southern Miss, but, uh, I mean, he's a really small dude, 6'1", or not smaller than, shorter than 6'1", uh, and, uh, 214, um, you know, not a great athlete, ran 4'9", coming out, he's like a little scrapper, maybe like a, a, a poor man's Colt McCoy, I think would be a good way to describe him. Uh, but this this offense could be a train wreck. I still think that the Raiders' defense is not good enough to be a streamer. I mean, they don't get sacks. You know, they they don't put any pressure on the quarterback whatsoever. Uh, Pro Football Focus has charted them with 54 quarterback pressures this season. Um, that's 31st in the NFL, uh, and then thir- I'm sorry, that's 32nd in the NFL, and 31st in the NFL is the Lions with 100. So the the the, um, the the Raiders are just incredibly inept in terms of pass rush. Um, on the other side, but 
I think you still got to start George Kittle. He should still get targets. He's got a great matchup. Uh, the Ra- the Raiders uh, ha- have just been awful at safety. I mean, we saw Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Mo Ali Cox all got in the end zone last week against the Raiders. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is going to be really difficult to trust, even even in a great matchup. You know, can Nick Mullins get the ball to him downfield? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Um, on the Raiders side, Derek Carr played his best game of the season. I thought uh, last week he completed 17 passes at one point, took zero sacks, only got hit once uh, against the Colts. Um, just looked a lot more comfortable. Looked looked confident. Uh, decisive. The Raiders' offensive line got healthy during its Week Seven bye, uh, and that, and now they're getting back Kalechi Osemele, their stud left guard, uh, this week. Uh, after and he's been out since Week Four, so that bodes well for Derek Carr. I do think that Derek Carr is in play as a streamer. Uh, Doug Martin looked pretty good uh, in his first game as the Raiders' feature back. Uh, 89 total yards. Got stuffed at the goal line uh, repeatedly and lost a fumble late in the game, but I thought that the way that he ran, he looked pretty good. Uh, got a couple of targets, too. Uh, so I think that he is a decent RB2 slash flex. Uh, Jer- uh, Jalen Richard, uh, because the Raiders fell behind in the game, uh, he wound up playing a lot. He actually led the team in targets, and he was productive in PPR. It would be embarrassing if the Raiders fell behind the Nick Mullins quarterbacked 49ers. Uh, so I don't think that Jalen Richard is as good of a play this week, uh, but he is in the mix as a, a flex option in PPR. Um, in the receiver court, Martavis Bryant got benched coming out of the bye. Uh, he played seven snaps, and he was not targeted. And Brandon LaFell, Jordy Nelson, uh, Seth Roberts was the Raiders' three-receiver set. Uh, Brandon LaFell did catch a touchdown. Uh, Jordy Nelson had 14 yards on five targets, and Seth Roberts uh, caught a 31-yard touchdown in the second quarter. I think that um, you know none of, none of these guys are, are really exciting plays. Uh, I think I like uh, Seth Roberts the best, though. Uh, the, the the 49ers have been poor against uh, slot receivers. He primarily plays in the slot. Larry Fitzgerald had his season best game uh, as a slot receiver. In, uh, against the uh, the cart the 49ers last week, uh, but Jared Cook is the best option in the passing game. Uh, he came out of the bye with a huge week, and uh, the 49ers have just lost like every safety known to man. Adrian Colbert on injured reserve last week. Uh, Antone Exum suffered a concussion. He has been ruled out, and Jaquiski Tart, who is their designated tight end stopper aggravated a shoulder injury he's listed as doubtful not gonna play um that takes care of that game all right now you already talked about the Niners I I still think Beathard plays and I agree with you by the way I thought Doug Martin did show some nice burst and uh, that was the fumble was just an incredible play by Darius Leonard who by the way Mm -hmm. is an incredible player I mean he that kid is that kid's awesome. Let's get to the Ravens defense. I got carved up by Cam and the boys against the Steelers. Yeah, I think that they bounce back. I think that this this team uh, bounces back uh, in you know g- just getting getting rolled uh, against Carolina, but now 
coming back home. Um, that's kind of what the Ravens do. And I think that their defense is actually a good fantasy play this week. Ben uh, is just not the same uh, during 1 p.m. Eastern time road games. Uh, he's actually fine in later road games and in primetime games. But for whatever reason, uh, in th- this is where he tends to struggle. Uh, we saw him have an okay, not great game against Cincinnati uh, in a spot like this on the road at 1 p.m. Eastern time earlier in the season. Um, but, you know, he drops down to like a fringe quarterback one. And uh, I think I'm actually going to play the Ravens defense in uh, daily fantasy this week. They're, they're priced too low. They, they can still get a lot of sacks. They still have a lot of talent on defense. Um, you know, it's like ball bounces didn't go their way last, last week. Like Christian McCaffrey catches that deflected pass. Um, you know, it, Eric Whittle gets his hands on it, and Christian McCaffrey just dives and catches it. You know, it just it, it wasn't it wasn't the week for the Ravens. Uh, and that Panthers offense deserves a lot of credit too. I mean, they're they're really really good, especially uh, on the offensive line. We'll talk about them. They're gonna they're gonna smash against the Buccaneers. Um, but Joe Flacco. I, I, I think that he is a low-end, lower-upside streamer, but I do think that he is in the mix as a streamer against this Steelers defense, which has played better recently, uh, but really hasn't been tested uh, by, by great offenses, though. Um, uh, in the receiver core, I, I, you know, they, the Steelers have been, shadow, been shadowing uh, with Joe Hayden recently, uh, but I don't know that he necessarily is going to chase someone in this game. There have been times that opposing corners have chased Michael Crabtree. At other times, opposing corners have chased John Brown. So I, I just I, I'm not going to pretend to know um, if Joe Hayden is going to shadow someone. Um, but John Brown lit up the Steelers earlier in the season, um, and he is going to continue to get a lot of opportunities uh, to make plays down the football field, even though he's been up and down you know he's he's a little bit like Deshaun Jackson but he gets more opportunity gets more targets in uh, an offense that ranks top three in the NFL in pass attempts per game and doesn't have nearly as as much uh, target competition as a guy like Deshaun Jackson does in Tampa Bay so to me John Brown is an every week fantasy starter Michael Crabtree uh, more of a low upside guy he's played eight games this season he's only cleared 60 yards in uh, one of them so he's like a touchdown or bust play against Pittsburgh. Um, Hayden Hurst caught a touchdown last week, but it was delivered by Lamar Jackson in garbage time. Uh, the the tight end situation is just still, you know, not it's it's fine for them in real life. It's not something that you want to invest in uh, in fantasy. Willie Sneed, he's got a, a decent little matchup in the slot against uh, the Steelers, and he um, is like a, a, an okay. Um, wide receiver four in uh, PPR. In the backfield, the Ravens traded for Ty Montgomery. That's not good news for Buck Allen. Uh, I think that Alex Collins is going to be fine. He's their feature back. You know, he's he's their grounded pound guy. But Buck Allen, ever since he fumbled in week five, they have cut way back on his touches. I mean, he's got six or fewer touches in every game. Since then, and I think that Ty Montgomery can right away start taking snaps from him. Ty Montgomery, um, of course, you know, lost the, the game-costing fumble last week. 
uh, or, you know, he prevented the Packers from having a chance to come back. Uh, but he, he's good in pass protection uh, and he's a good receiver. He of course played uh, receiver at Stanford. Uh, so that's going to hurt Buck Allen. I think, you know, potentially immediately, um, I think he just lower expectations for the Steelers offense. James Conner, I think is still an RB one, but a mid range to lower end RB one. Whereas last week he was an elite RB one, um, Antonio Brown, you know, you, we're never going to sit him, but I think that we can't really have, you know, the expectation that, Hey, he's going to go for, you know, 150 and a touchdown, or he's going to go for 95 and two touchdowns. You know, I, I don't think that that uh, is uh, likely in, in this spot. Uh, the Ravens have done a pretty good job historically of defending him. Uh, although Jimmy Smith has struggled, he has not been the same um, since he came off of suspension and coming back from, uh, a, a series of foot injuries as well. Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot, pretty good matchup against Baltimore, uh, and I think that he is a good buy low. Uh, Nicole Cohen, uh, who uh, writes for Pro Football Focus uh, at times, she wrote an article for on Roto World talking about Juju Smith-Schuster as a good guy to buy, and I agree with that. Uh, among the lead, league leaders and red zone targets, uh, the buy, you know, the Steelers buy is out of the way. Um, so I, I agree with that. Uh, Vance McDonald, you know, the Ravens, if they've struggled against a position um, in particular this year, it has been tight ends. Uh, so I, I, li- I like Vance McDonald uh, to bounce back from a slow week. Uh, and that take takes care. Oh, James Washington was a healthy scratch last week. Just wanted to note that uh, Ryan Switzer uh, will get, We'll start to get more slot snaps. Not, you know, maybe a guy to keep in mind in case something happens to uh, Juju down the road. But we can move on to the next one. Next game, it's the Bears and the Bills, who it looks like will be starting Nathan Peterman at quarterback. Unless I suppose Terrell Pryor has a good week of practice, and maybe they'll switch him over to quarterback before the game since they just signed him to play receiver. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that you want to use the Bears defense and you literally don't want to use anybody in the in the Bills uh, passing game. Uh, I know that you you were forced to start, you know, in our 16 teamer, you were forced to start Kelvin Benjamin last week. Very fortunate that he caught that one ball, got you some points. Um, So and I I think it's going to be a rough go for him again. Um, and you know, adding Terrell Pryor to the offense is not going to help him either. I mean, Terrell Pryor might might step in and be a better receiver than Kelvin Benjamin right away. He's he's not been very good uh, this year, um, and I, I liked him better with Derek Anderson, with whom he had that Carolina connection. He went over seventy yards in Derek Anderson's first start, but uh, as you mentioned, Nathan Peterman, Nathan five pick Peterman is going to be getting a start against the Bears. Um, on Chicago side, Allen Robinson missed last week with a groin injury. Just don't know if he's going to be back. You know, he didn't look right the game before. Uh, and you know, I, I'm not too optimistic about him right now. Even if he does play, he's probably going to be at less than hundred percent and pro or probably going to be covered by Tredavious white. And then, uh, if he doesn't play, then Taylor Gabriel probably gets covered by Tredavious white. Um, the, the Bills' defense has been good. You know, the Bills' defense was not the reason that they lost 
against the Patriots uh, on Monday Night Football, uh, and they have done a consistently good job of limiting scoring. Uh, their their pass rush has been good. Jerry Hughes is just a guy that shows up every single week. Um, so I don't think it's going to be easy sledding by any means for this this Bears offense. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky has been a quarterback one in four straight games. Um, but I, I am really lowering, lowering expectations for him here and, you know, trying to I, like I would start Ryan Fitzpatrick over him uh, this week for sure. Um, Trey Burton, uh, I think, is, you know, just a, a lower end tight end one this week. I do think that it could show up as a, more of a Jordan Howard game because I think the Bills are really going to struggle scoring. So that is going to allow the Bears to play a little bit more balanced and give the ball to Jordan Howard. Um, the Bills are probably not going to have Tremaine Edmonds, their uh, young stud middle linebacker, who suffered a concussion on Monday night. It's going to probably be hard for him to make it back on a short week. Uh, and that would sort of improve the matchup for Jordan Howard. I think that Jordan Howard is still a, a touchdown-dependent guy, but I do think that this is a game where he could get a lot of work. Um, we saw James White as the, the pass-catching sp- specialist really, really tear into the Bills last week, and uh, I think that that you know, provides a little bit of a template for uh, our expectations for Tara Cohen who's just he's a dynamic playmaker man and you know he's a guy that you pretty much want in your fantasy lineup uh in, in your starting lineup every single week and we can move on to the next one let's get to the bucks who are going with fitz magic against the carolina panthers cam's having a great year the bucks did not trade Deshaun jackson because jason light and dirt cutter are throwing a Hail Mary over the second half of the year. It's a Fitzpatrick Hail Mary over the second half of the year here in Tampa to try to save their jobs. Yeah. Um, I love this game uh, from a daily fantasy and season-long uh, standpoint. Is the third highest total game on the slate. Um, I think that you know it's just a perfect spot for Cam Newton, for Greg Olson, for uh, Christian McCaffrey, for uh, Devin Funchess, I th- and I think that Devin Funchess is underpriced uh, on daily fantasy sites. Uh, if if no Torrey Smith, I think DJ Moore is locked in as a fantasy starter. DJ Moore led the Panthers in uh, targets last week. He um, had over a hundred total yards. Uh, there was he had on one single drive he had seventy two yards um, last week. You know, just showing that he can legit dominate. A drive, and he's a really, really young player. I mean, he came out sort of uh, abnormally young for a rookie. Only had the one big year uh, at Maryland, but man, he, he's a, a, a an explosive playmaker. And um, but I, I think that if Torrey Smith misses the game, uh, that increases our confidence level in DJ Moore. If Torrey Smith plays, and Torrey Smith missed last week with a knee injury, then DJ Moore becomes a lot more risky even in a great matchup. Um, on the other side, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, this this Buccaneers team has just been incredibly productive, man. I mean, uh, in, I, and I just, like, if you just lump together Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick's 
uh, total fantasy points scored on the season, and this includes all the interceptions. Um, they have combined to score more fantasy points per game than, than Patrick Mahomes, who is the number one overall fantasy quarterback. Uh, and I think that you know a lot of that is attributable to uh, the the quality of their weapons. I mean, they have great great weapons. You know, they have been healthy for the most part on the offensive line. Um, you know, those things are very good. But I think also to the offensive system under Todd, Todd Monken, who I think might get some some head coaching um, interest after the year. Maybe even uh, if, if the Bucks do fire Dirk Cotter, you know, maybe they, they should look at keeping Todd Monken as, on as their head coach. Uh, but I think that I, I believe in the system, and I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick – executes the system better than Jameis Winston does. Um, and so I, and, and, and in a shootout game like this, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick has serious, serious upside. He's been a top six fantasy quarterback in all three games that he played start to finish. He played less than a half last week, and he was the quarterback 15 on the week. Um, so I think he's a lock and load uh, in fantasy football. Um no Ronald Jones. He's going to miss multiple weeks. That raises the outlook for Peyton Barber, uh, who had 19 carries last week, zero targets. I mean, he, he truly is a zero in the passing game. But, um, you know, the Panthers have not been particularly good uh, against the run. Um, and uh, so it, it's a decent matchup. Peyton Barber, kind of a touchdown-dependent guy, but he's in, he's he's playable as like an RB2 slash flex when he was uh, after the the bucks fell behind you know he was like absent from the game last week and that's your biggest concern it was all jacques rogers um and jacques rogers wound up catching four passes uh mike evans lock and load against carolina uh, he has incredible numbers with ryan fitzpatrick you know even dating back to last season uh, they hooked up on a 72 yard touchdown bomb last week in addition to Another 27-yard catch. Um, Deshaun Jackson has been—he's been about the same uh, with Jameis and uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you know it's just—it's not necessarily a chemistry thing. And if—if if we were going to pick a quarterback with whom he has better chemistry, I think I would lean in Ryan Fitzpatrick's uh, 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 direction anyway. But with Deshaun Jackson, it's really that he just doesn't get a lot of targets. Um, so when he, you know, the, the targets that he does get, like he has to capitalize on them. Uh, and if he doesn't capitalize on them, then he's going to hurt you. Um, the, uh, the Panthers have been getting crushed by tight ends. This is actually a battle between teams that uh, have allowed the most fantasy points, the Panthers and the second most fantasy points, the Buccaneers to opposing tight ends. Which again, you know, that makes Greg Olson a very confident start. Also, O.J. Howard, a very confident start. O.J. Howard uh, has been tremendous with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and uh, last week scored the touchdown that uh, set up um, the, the Buccaneers to take that game into overtime after Ryan Fitzpatrick entered down. I can't remember what it was, but like 34-16. I mean, it was it was by a lot of points. Um, O.J. Howard, top six fantasy tight end play can't use Cameron Brait. Um, Chris Godwin just continues to be touchdown dependent, you know, gets a lot of looks. They call a lot of plays for him in scoring position. And last week he did catch the two point conversion that tied it up. Um, but 
you know, when, when he doesn't score a touchdown, he's not going to help you. Uh, he has one game over 60 yards this season. Um, that takes care of that one. All right. How about the Chiefs and the Browns? We've got Freddie Kitchen calling plays for the Browns, Evan. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Kitchens came up under uh, Bruce Arians, coached with him at Alabama. No, played under him. Bruce Arians was the OC at Alabama in the late 1990s. And Freddie Kitchens, who you would never know it today, but he played quarterback uh, at Alabama. And um, Freddie Kitchens coached tight ends under Bruce Arians. I think that Todd Haley actually brought Freddie Kitchens to Cleveland um, because they were together in um, in in Pittsburgh. No, they were together in Arizona. I don't know. The, the, at the end of the day, uh, I'm not sure that Freddie Kitchens is going to have you know be able to make a whole lot of changes. Like you know, people thinking like, oh, you know, will they finally get the ball to Duke Johnson? We're just got, we're going to have to wait and see because. Um, you know, it's that that has not changed. You know, that was a problem under Duke, under Hugh Jackson too. I mean, Duke Johnson averaged under ten touches per game under Hugh Jackson the last two years. This year, though, it's just gotten even worse, where he's hasn't gotten over six touches in any game, even though he's been out there like for fifty percent of the snaps. It's crazy, um, and it also could be due to the you know part at least partly due to the aggressiveness of Baker Mayfield, who's you know, one of his great characteristics is keeping his eyes down the football field and not necessarily checking the ball down. Um, with Nick Chubb, he's in a great matchup. I mean, the the the, the Chiefs are bad against the run. You know, we saw Philip Lindsay rip them up. Devontae Booker even looked good on the ground against Kansas City last week. The the thing that you always worry about is, you know, if the Browns fall behind, uh, Nick Chubb is going to be in a bad position. Uh, but being at home, uh, being that the Chiefs, they might not have Tyreek Hill. That, you know, things like that can can help Nick Chubb. Um, and he finally did see some targets last week. He saw three targets, caught two, only 10 yards. But, you know, that was uh, equaling what he had on the season uh, previously. So did like to see that. Uh, I think that Baker Mayfield is in play as a streamer. Kansas City has major home road splits, has allowed 33 points per game on the road and 18 and a half points per game at home. Uh, and these these road splits go back years, man. I mean, uh, Arrowhead is is truly one of the biggest home field advantages, and Baker Mayfield I think could capitalize on that. A couple weeks ago, he did have a top eight fantasy week. Uh, he's had a couple of games where he scored uh, over 18 fantasy points. Uh, so, you know, w- with a, a bunch of teams on by, I do think that Baker Mayfield is playable uh, as a streamer. I think that David Njoku bounces back. I mean, it's always very, very frustrating when someone has, you know, not only zero catches, but zero targets in the game. Uh, but Kansas City has been getting gashed by tight ends. You know, there was nothing, nothing out of the ordinary uh, w- w- with regard to David Njoku last week uh, in terms of 
uh, like his number of routes run or, or his snaps. I mean, he played 82% of the snaps. He ran as many routes as he has been running. Um, you know, it just kind of happens, you know, and uh, it was a dysfunctional offense, and that's why coaches get fired. But I think that he will be back uh, and bounce back big against Kansas City. The Chiefs have been much better against slot receivers lately, uh, which is worth noting. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders actually has been shut down twice now by them. Uh, and got shut down last week by them. Uh, Kendall Fuller is playing at a high level at slot corner. Uh, that's what the Chiefs expected out of him when they got him in the Alex Smith trade, and he has been delivering. That is notable for Jarvis Landry. Not that you're going to sit him. I mean, the dude gets you know a ton of targets. Uh, but I, I, you know, if, if he does have a slow game, like we will know the reason, or we will know at least one of the contributing factors to that. Um, Antonio Callaway finally uh, had a decent game last week, caught a goal line touchdown, uh, did not have a drop in the game, uh, caught five of six targets for 36 yards and a TD. I, I think he can make a big, a big play against Kansas City. The Chiefs have given up the most 20-plus yard receptions in the NFL. Um, you, know, you know the deal with Antonio Callaway. Dude did not play football in 2017. It's been a rough go, a very inefficient go, but he has that big playability in him, and you know he's running a ton of routes, and Baker Mayfield has not stopped throwing him the ball. Um, if Rashard Higgins comes back, and I think that he probably is due back this week uh, from his MCL injury, that takes Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry, that takes Damian Ratley off the board. Uh, on the other side, Tyreek Hill just don't know about him right now left last week's game with a groin injury if he doesn't play you know if, if you're a sammy watkins owner you kind of hope that tyree kill does play actually because uh, then he'll probably attract uh, denzel ward who's been excellent uh, for the browns at as a rookie cornerback um, you know these ohio state cornerbacks these ohio state defensive backs in general uh, tend to be hits is marshawn Lattimore now it's denzel ward and, um, you know, so I, I think that if you, you know, as someone who owns Sammy Watkins, I am hoping that Tyreek Hill plays in the game. Uh, but either way, it really sets up as a smash game for Travis Kelsey. Uh, and the Browns continue to miss Joe Schobert, uh, who plays every snap in their defense at middle linebacker. Uh, and they have not been as good against tight ends recently as they were uh, earlier in the season um and then at running back you know kareem hunt uh did not have a great rushing game last week uh but he did uh, have a, a great uh touchdown uh, in the passing game and you know thankfully has, he has been playing in the passing game consistently uh with pretty good uh target volume lately uh that you know is is such a, a big boon to your your fantasy stock uh, and he would, he did not get that in the first three games, but he has gotten that uh, in the last five. And so um, that has been great for his fantasy value. And then Patrick Mahomes, you know the deal. I mean, I think if Tyreek Hill plays, you you legit do you know lower your expectations a little bit uh, against Cleveland. Cleveland's strength on defense has been versus the pass. Um, and Tyreek Hill is a true, true difference maker. Um but, you know, you're, we're, we're starting Patrick Mahomes. He's the freaking number one quarterback in all of fantasy. We can move on to the next one. 
Let's do it. Jets, Dolphins. Yeah, um, I think that the uh, what stands out to me here from a daily fantasy standpoint is that Kenyon Drake um, uh, is a, has a is in a really good spot here against the Jets. You know, the Jets blitz at one of the highest levels in the NFL. That can leave them vulnerable to screen passes. We saw that last week. Tarek Cohen, you know, on what was it like the first drive, uh, ripped a seventy-yard touchdown on a screen pass, and I think that Kenyon Drake can be utilized in a similar fashion. Uh, he's been running more routes than usual lately due to um, the, the uh, all of the Dolphins' injuries at wide receiver, uh, and they're not getting really anything from their tight ends. Uh, so Kenyon Drake has taken on a pretty big passing game role. Uh, Frank Gore, you know, as the grinder, the Jets have not been good in run defense recently. You know, we and we never have... Uh, high upside expectations for Frank Gore because he he just doesn't you know he he doesn't have big games anymore, um, but he is kind of uh, in play as a, a flex option uh, against uh, the the Jets as home favorites in a good matchup. Um, in the receiver core, you know if, if Kenny still, first of all, Devontae Parker just came out of nowhere to have the game of his life uh, last week against the Texans. Um, I think, but I think it puts him in play very much. So against the jets jets have given up the most catches uh, and uh, third most yards to opposing wide receivers have given up 10 touchdowns to the position in eight games. Um, so that's notable for Devonte Parker. I think that Devonte Parker, you know, he played 66 of 66 snaps last week. I don't think that he's going to lose that role. I think that if anybody loses their role, it'll be Jakeem Grant uh, with Kenny Stills returning. Uh, at slot receiver, Daniel Amendola has still been uh, Brock Osweiler's favorite target, and the Jets, Jets just get cooked at slot receiver uh, every single week. Um, last week, it was... Uh, I'm blanking here. Who, who did the Jets play? Oh, Anthony, Anthony Miller. Miller. Yes, thank you, thank you. Anthony Miller uh, got in the paint last week against uh, the Jets, and Danny Amendola runs 82% of his routes in the slot. Uh, on the Jets' side, man, this offense is is not in a good place because they're just they have been nobody could get open injury. last week, Evan. It, it was I, I was watching that game. None of yeah. the Jets. I felt bad for Darnold. Nobody I gets know. open. It's really bad. I mean, Jermaine Curse had 10 targets and like 33 yards. Um, you know, they're they're playing with scrap heap receivers. You know, I, I don't know if Robbie Anderson is going to be back this week. I don't know if he'd be, even if he comes back, will he be effective trying to play on a high ankle sprain, being a deep threat? I don't know. You know, will Quincy Anun will come back? This week, I don't know. Um, you know, it's just, oof. It, it, it's really, really rough. Chris Herndon has, he only had one catch last week, but he has scored a touchdown uh, in three straight games. He's not a terrible option against Miami. Miami uh, has been consistently vulnerable. Uh, you play a lot of zone. They've been consistently vulnerable to opposing tight ends. Um, 
Elijah McGuire is tentatively expected to come off of the injured reserve list uh, after his foot injury. Should be all systems go uh, and jump right into that role uh, that uh, Trenton Cannon had taken on uh, briefly in place of Bilal Powell. Uh, but Trenton Cannon actually played more snaps than Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah Crowell had 14 touches. Trenton Cannon had nine. Um, but, you know, that, that was just a bad offensive performance last week. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that uh, Elijah McGuire can get to a point where uh, he's getting double-digit touches uh, on a weekly basis. Remember, the, the Jets running back coach actually in the offseason compared him to Ladanian Tomlinson, which, of course, is crazy. Uh, but still, you know, a, a, an indication that they really do like him. Uh, and I think that he should be owned in pretty much all leagues, except for like 10-man uh, non-PPR leagues. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that takes care of that. I, I do like the Dolphins this week uh, as a, a streamer against this just injury-crippled uh, Jets offense. Next one. The Lions and the Vikings. Let's start with the Lions, Evan. I've been waiting for this one as they just traded yesterday Golden Tate to the Eagles for a third-round pick. What's the fallout in your mind? Yeah, so Golden Tate leaves behind 9.9 targets per game and 22% of the Lions' air yards. That's a lot of opportunity. Um, And I I don't think that they're going to, you know, just – shove all that volume onto TJ Jones or Brandon Powell's plate. And by the way, those are the two candidates to uh, play slot receiver for the lions. Although I think that when Theo Riddick comes back, he may end up being um, the, the guy that they go to most in the slot. But uh, I mean, that's a lot of opportunity left behind. And I know Kenny Galladay has, has had it slow recently. Um, it's been slow for him. You know, you look at the, the box scores and um, his targets are way down. He's also lost a lot of targets just to, like, pass interference flags and, you know, uh, plays that got overturned. Um, so I, just keep that in mind. His, his, he actually ran his uh, 46 pass routes last week, his second most of the season. I really think he's going to be fine. Uh, and this Vikings secondary right now is just not imposing – Missing, missing Andrew Sandejo, uh, their free safety, uh, and Xavier Rhodes. He has a high ankle sprain, so I, you know I don't I don't think he's going to play this week. And even if he does, you know, is he going to be uh, a worrisome cornerback? You know, shutting people down. I don't know about that. So uh, Marvin Jones, we know we know uh, because he is coming off the monster game. But Kenny Galladay, it's not as clear. Uh, but I would have a lot of confidence in him. Um, going forward with all the opportunity opening up. It's possible that they also use more two tight end sets. Um, Michael Roberts had a big game uh, the other week, but he has just not been uh, running a lot of routes. I mean, he has not ran more than 13 routes in any game so far this season. At the end of the day, I think that the reason that they were willing to make that trade, and it's not like they're tanking. I mean, they just, you know, the week before traded for Snacks Harrison. Uh, I think that they th- they thought that he just he's just not that valuable uh, to their offense. Um, 
I think that they want to be a run the ball, throw the ball vertically offense. We, we know that they want to run the ball. That's why they traded up for Frank Ragnar. That's why they traded up for the running back carry on Johnson, you know. Uh, but I, I think that that makes sense in combination with being a team that uh, throws the ball vertically. And you could do that with Marvin Jones and with um, uh, Kenny Galladay. So, uh, and, and again, it's also possible that they see Theo Riddick as their slot receiver of the future. Like he can just do what Golden Tate did. Um, in, in the uh, running game, Carrion uh, Johnson showed some like matchup proof signs last week. Uh, he still fin- he, even though they um, they, they kind of got blown out by Seattle uh, and they played from behind for a, a large majority of the game. Carrion Johnson uh, still finished with 14 touches. I uh, caught six balls, uh, and you know he didn't he didn't kill you, uh, and that was uh, that was good to see. Uh, in a game like that. Um, so, and he also uh, could benefit to some extent from uh, Golden Tate's departure, again, freeing up almost 10 targets per game. Uh, Matthew Stafford has not been an upside fantasy quarterback uh, so far this year, uh, but I do think that this game has sneaky shootout potential. Uh, it'll be played indoors. He's a fringe, low-end, lower-upside quarterback one on the other side Kirk Cousins has shown upside uh, and he'll be facing off uh, with a Lions team that you know is sneaky good uh, at at rushing the passer um, or at least has games where where they're very good at rushing the passer they'll pop up for games and I think they can exploit this Vikings offensive line you know pro football focus uh, had the Vikings offensive line allowing 49% or allowing pressure on 49% of Kirk Cousins dropbacks against the Saints. And that's a Saints defense that has struggled to get pressure this season. Um, Hopefully the Vikings can get their left guard, Tom Compton, back, and hopefully they can get their left tackle, Riley Reef, back. Um, But even, even despite that, Kirk Cousins was still able to produce in the box score. And I think that he's a a pretty uh, uh, confident quarterback one play this week um no dalvin cook so that means latavius murray the lions were a lot better in run defense last week than they have been in terms of rushing efficiency allowed in snacks harrison's first game and he played 63 percent of the snaps was actually which was actually more than he was playing with the giants uh when he was off the field the lions averaged or uh, uh, their opponent averaged over uh, six yards per carry and then when uh, Snacks Harrison was in there, um, uh, they gave up 3.2 yards per carry. Uh, so he was an immediate difference maker for uh, in the Lions' defensive front. Still, Latavius Murray is at home, favored, getting 18 to 25 touches per game when Dalvin Cook is out, uh, and that makes him a, a strong RB2 play. Even last week, he had faced a tough matchup against the Saints, uh, still got the touches, still got in the end zone, you know, got you um, almost 100 total yards. I think he could do something something similar against uh, Detroit. Um, you know, we, we know the deal with Adam Thielen. I mean, he's unbelievable, eight straight 100-plus yard games. Uh, last week, you know, he had only seven targets, and he still went for over 100 yards. Um 
And because he runs so many routes in the slot, he does 62% uh, in the slot, he's going to avoid Darius Slay, who uh, plays 93% of his snaps in the slot. By the way, Darius Slay uh, has not been a shutdown cornerback, at least for the last three games. So that kind of bodes well for Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs ripped it wide open last week, um, his best game of the season. Uh, He's got double-digit targets in all but one game. This year, uh, and I think that you know, even though he's probably going to get a good amount of Slay again, Slay has been struggling. Uh, and Stefan Diggs still goes in the slot 25% of the time and gets over 30% of his catches there. Kyle Rudolph has been pretty underwhelming and disappointing. Um, you know, not scoring touchdowns, not getting air yards, not getting any big play chances. He's really just a touchdown or bust guy. Uh, facing off with Detroit. We can move on to the next one. Next one is the last one. It's the Falcons and the Redskins. I will mention, however, that as always, you can always take Evan's terrific information and use it to place your bets over at betonline.ag. So they've got prop bets up there. I know a lot of you also listen to the Even Money podcast, and you get the bets from Steve Fezzik and myself. No matter how it is that you want to use the information that we give out to you guys, it's very important that you do it at betonline.ag because you get a 50% welcome bonus when you go ahead and use the code PODCAST1. And evidently, I won the PODCAST1 Sportsnet Challenge last week which means I get to give $100 out to five of you, but you have to have an account at betonline.ag and use the code PODCAST1 because I can only give out the $100 to five people that are registered. So register now, betonline.ag, using the code PODCAST1 ASAP before I give out these five, these five hundos. Last game, Evan, Falcons-Redskins. Yeah, um, we know exactly what the the Redskins have become. Um, And that is a team that wants to run the ball and stop the run. They're playing very old-fashioned, and it is working for them. I I don't think that that's a long-term formula for success. And I don't even necessarily know if it's a formula that can win in the playoffs. But they are, you know, it's working for them on a game-by-game basis and Adrian Peterson is playing his butt off. And really it's just, you know, putting to use the, the strengths of their team. And the strengths of their team is their offensive line uh, and the way that Adrian Peterson is playing and, you know, a defensive front that has a lot of talent on it. I mean, they've used a back-to-back uh, first-round picks on their defensive line, uh, on dude, both on dudes out of Alabama who both look like hits to Ron Payne and, uh, Jonathan Allen, you know, they got Ryan Kerrigan and, and Preston Smith and Zach Brown is playing at uh, the, the best level of his career. Uh, so they're doing what's best for their team relative to their personnel. Um, and, you know, at the very least, that's admirable. Uh, Adrian Peterson is going to get a ton of touches. Um, you know, we even saw him catch a receiving uh, TD Last week, made a dude miss to get there, seven-yard score. 
like to see that. Uh, Atlanta tends to give up a ton of catches to opposing running backs. This has been, you know, a four-year trend since Dan Quinn took over uh, at head coach. Chris Thompson only got five touches last week, and uh, he injured a rib. So I don't even know if he's going to be available. I mean, the dude has been hurt since Florida State. You know, he's a really fun dude to watch when he is healthy, but uh, he has not been healthy um, for the majority of his of his career. And now I don't even know if he's going to play in week nine. Uh, the receivers are literally not even worth talking about. I mean, it's a low-volume passing offense, you know, even against the Falcons. Like, maybe a guy will be decent, but I just don't know who it's going to be. Uh, at tight end, everything that Jordan Reed catches is a dump-off, and that's really frustrating. But, hey, you know, he got 12 targets last week. Uh, he had nine targets a couple of weeks ago. And the Falcons have lost, you know, their their starting middle linebacker, both of their starting safeties. I'd really like to see Alex Smith at least once just hit him on a a freaking seam ball, you know, just something, get him moving and get him out in space. Everything is just like a flat route check down. And, um, you know, that's kind of frustrating, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. At the end of the day, we want the targets, and Jordan Reed has been getting the targets and the catches. Uh, on the other side, the Falcons come off their bye. You know, the Falcons last year came off their bye and got just trounced by the Dolphins. The Dolphins were, were one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. And I, th- I think it was even a, a game that was in Atlanta. Um, and uh, that you know, that kind of like resonates with me because it's like, uh, it's a reminder of the volatility of the teams coming off of their buy. And now they're coming off their buy to go face Washington. Um, you know, j- just something to, to think about the Redskins, uh, used to be a team that couldn't not stop the run, but was good against the pass. Now they're a team that does stop the run, uh, and is not as good against the pass. Um, Quentin Dunbar, their number two cornerback has argu- has arguably outplayed uh, Josh Norman this season. He was out last week with uh, like nerve damage in his leg, um, and I think that uh, he like uh, his injury will be something to monitor. Um, I think that we're going to see Josh Norman uh, chase Julio Jones in this game, and Josh Norman usually does not chase receivers but he did chase Odell Beckham a good amount last week with Quentin Dunbar out Um, you know that that doesn't mean that we shy away from Julio Jones uh, but you know I think that is it is notable for his matchup Uh, Muhammad Sanu Calvin Ridley should be healthier coming off the bye they both uh, were banged up uh, entering that Monday night game against the Giants uh, but they 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 should be all systems go uh, Muhammad Sanu, uh, more of like a wide receiver four, touchdown dependent wide receiver four, and uh, Calvin Ridley, sort of like a touchdown dependent uh, guy as well, uh, has slowed down since you know having like what six touchdowns in like three games. Uh, the touchdown regression has hit him pretty hard. Um, the uh, Austin Hooper is a, a solid play against the Washington. They play a lot of zone. 
you know, they're kind of playing musical chairs at safety now. They're they traded for Ha Ha Clinton Dix, uh, who's been he's been very good for Green Bay, but you know uh, they, they're shaking up their secondary, and that's something that potentially uh, opponents could exploit until they get all settled in. Um, and then in the running game, uh, it's going to be a two-way deal between Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith. And that makes both guys flex options. I think that Tevin Coleman is the, the superior flex play. Ito Smith, a pretty weak one, and that takes care of that. That'll do it for part one here of the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. But you guys know the deal. It's the only show that's so nice we do it twice here on the Ross Tucker Media Podcast, whatever you want to call it. Network. We will get to the Sunday late games, and man, there are some good ones, as well as the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter. Two of the best games of the year, quite frankly, and a lot to talk about from a fantasy perspective on episode number two, which we will record momentarily and then post on your podcast app, as well as RossTucker.com shortly after midnight Eastern. He's Evan Silva at Evan Silva. On Twitter, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram. Reminder, take the time, rate and review all five shows so you can get the free Madden this week. It's that easy. I'm stuffed, though, just for a little bit. Take a two-minute break, and then we'll record part two right now. Make sure you listen to both. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.